Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 237. Well, we are bringing to a close the routines and rituals that lead to godliness. And I want to just end this series out of Psalm 1 and go over just a few verses with you that helps you to understand what I've been trying to get across The Bible says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, the reason we need to develop routines and rituals that lead to godliness, otherwise we will involve ourselves and naturally fall into pathways, habits, routines, rituals that lead to ungodliness because it is our nature. You see, unless we are controlled by the divine nature, the Holy Spirit of God that is placed within us at our new birth, at the time of becoming a committed follower of Jesus, our Lord, then we are dominated by our sinful nature, which is separated from God, which is totally dominated by self. Now, I don't want to get into whether we are dead in trespasses and sins, and that means we have no ability whatsoever to do anything that is, from a relative standpoint, good. The fact is that you and I have a nature that is inclined, that has a propensity, that shows in every way a desire to do that which is ungodly and that which is against God. Now, nobody can argue about that. That's why we try to teach our children to do good, relative good, simply because it's in our nature to be evil and to be bad. And left to ourselves, we will be. Without the grace of God, we are dead in trespasses and sins. So we don't need to argue about that point, do we? All we need to do is recognize that there is no good thing within us, nothing that commends us to the grace of God. And left to our own way, apart from the Spirit of God, we would not seek God. We would run the other way. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone unto his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We've all turned to our own way. The scripture says there is none that seeks after God, none that is righteous, no, not one. In the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, that's a triple negative in the Koine text. There is none, that's one negative, righteous, no, that is the second negative, not one, not is the third negative. And that's a complete negative. That is, there is no one, no matter who they are, that has a natural tendency after God. And so that being said, if we're left to ourselves and we do not develop those rituals and routines and habits that lead to righteousness, then we will automatically go the other way. Because left to ourselves and living apart from the Spirit of God or allowing the Spirit of God to live in our hearts 
by faith, if we don't allow the Spirit to control us, we will just simply revert back to our default position. And depending on how much we know of the Word of God, we'll determine where that default position will lead us. And so he says that we need to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, in the advice of the ungodly. And how do we get advice from the ungodly? It is anything that does not point us to Jesus. You get that on the news. You get that on TV shows. You get that on the radio. You get that from friends, relatives, mom, dad. Anything that is not biblically based is going to eventually be determined as ungodly. Now, that doesn't mean that someone who is unsaved can't give good, sound moral advice from the standpoint of doing that which is right versus that which is wrong. You can modify behavior and do things on the outward sense that will keep you out of trouble and so forth. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're saying is if indeed you listen to the ungodly counsel, it will become the guiding factor in your life. Because if indeed you are walking by and you're listening and you do indeed listen with a mind to hear and obey, then pretty soon you'll be standing there. Do you see the digression? You're walking by, now you're standing. And then it says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That means if you are walking by, you start listening. Next thing you know, you'll be standing there conversing with someone. Next thing you know, you'll be sitting and talking with them, and you'll be saying the same thing they do. You'll be scorning others and even the righteous. And this happens all the time. But the Scripture says, but his delight, his desire is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates. That's the idea of musing, of thinking. It's the word literally to growl. It's the idea to mutter. In other words, it's so much on your mind that you're speaking it out. You, you have it under your breath. You are ruminating it. You're chewing on it as a cow would chew a cud, swallow it, regurgitate it, chew it some more. That's the idea. But his desire is in the law of the Lord, and in it he meditates day and night. And if that is the case, the Bible says, if you form that habit of meditating, and that's the concept, it's a continual action, it's a habit of life, then you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And the scripture says that when a tree gets plenty of water and it is firmly planted, that it brings forth fruit, now listen to this, in its season, whose leaf also will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, that's an amazing statement. The Bible says that even a tree planted by the rivers of water, that it will only bring forth fruit in its season. So do you mean there are seasons when we don't have fruit bearing? Do you mean there are seasons when we're sowing, when we're tilling, when we're waiting for the water from heaven? It's not just fruit bearing all the time. You see, this is one of the great hazards of listening to modern-day preachers that are not grounded in the Word of God. This idea of, you know, God meets you every day and you're going to have a miracle in your life. Now listen, to get up in the morning is a great gift from God. To awake from sleep is a great gift from God. To be able to breathe, to eat, to provide for our families, all of that's a great gift from God. But it's not a miracle in the sense of a biblical miracle. 
miracle. It's not a Red Sea miracle. It's not a John 5 miracle. It's not a John 6 miracle. It's not a John 2 miracle. And so we get the idea you're just waiting for your miracle every day. And the reason that we think that way sometimes is because we read the Bible and don't understand it's written episodically. That is, it's written in episodes. It's written in events. And so we think that all of life is just one great event with God. Well, the reality is that some of the greatest men and women of God in the Bible, God only spoke to them once or twice. That's all. And the rest of the time, what were they doing? They were walking in obedience to do what they know to do. How did they know what to do? They walked in not the counsel of the ungodly, but they meditated in the law of the Lord day and night. You see, we've got to get to the point to where we don't have to have some supernatural manifestation every day to walk in obedience with God. What do you do when you pray and you don't get an immediate answer? You keep on praying and you keep on obeying God and doing what you already know to do. You see, people say, I wish I knew this about the Bible. I wish I knew that. Well, I understand that, and that's great. But the fact is, you already know more than you're doing. You already know more than you're obeying. Start obeying, and God may give you more. Why would God give you more truth when you haven't obeyed and put into practice what He's already told you? Or you're living in disobedience to that which He's told you. What I'm saying is, God's Word is to be obeyed. And when we meditate in it, it becomes a part of who we are. And as that happens, we begin to bear fruit. But all of life is not fruit-bearing. Yes, we need to bear the fruit of the Spirit every day in our lives. And sometimes God will give us a harvest where He brings somebody into our life and we get the privilege of helping them to find their way and work their way and negotiate their way through life's trials. And all of a sudden they meet God in the middle of that and the Lord comes to them, gives them light. They listen to that. They walk in that. And God wonderfully and miraculously saves them and sets them on a new path. But that's not every day. And if you think that that has to happen every day for you to be walking with the Lord, then you've misread the Bible. What we need to do is walk in the light that God has given us, and He'll give us more light. And so the Bible says that we bear fruit in its season, in the season that God's given us. Many of you have gone with me to Israel, and we've gone up north to the Dan Nature Reserve, where we saw the base of the altar of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin when the kingdom was split at the death of Solomon in 931 B.C. And we walked through that beautiful park. And as we walked through that park, we see all the streams of water and the Dan River and so forth. As we come to the first crossing of the Dan River and the largest bridge that we cross, many of you will remember seeing that beautiful swift mountain stream that looked like white water. And if it was the season, I showed you a fig tree that's there. It's been there ever since I've been coming for over 40 years. And it is a fig tree. The fig tree, of course, is a tree that bears the fruit and then the leaves come. So many times I've shown you the figs and I've shown you then it in full leaf, some of you. And some of you have been two or three times, different seasons, and you've seen the different seasons of the fig tree. But the fig tree doesn't bloom and blossom and bear fruit all year round, even though 
though it is planted beside the beautiful, clear, and pure Dan River. It only bears during its season, but oh, when it bears, it is wonderful. I would to God that all of us, wouldn't it be wonderful to just trust God to bring forth the fruit that He wants in its due season? You see, there is a time in our lives for real fruit bearing, but we're impatient. We want fruit all the time. And again, I'm not talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, temperance, all of those. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we don't see fruit in our lives of our praying and and of, uh, quote, soul winning, end quote, and all of those things, we grow discouraged. Why can't we just trust God with that? And not try to always make something happen. You know, people say all the time, well, what's happening? Well, make something happen. I've said that before in my life, but I've stopped it. And the reason is, is because usually what I make happen doesn't last very long. And what I initiate, I have to sustain. But what God initiates, He's promised to sustain. And so why don't we just get on His timetable and concentrate more on being what God wants us to be? And then He will allow us to do what we need to do. Because being always comes before doing. Abiding always comes before fruit bearing. And so I would just say to you, let's spend more time in the Word of God developing habits and routines and rituals that lead to righteousness, prayer, Bible study, obedience to God in every area of our lives, serving, sharing, praising, all of these things and many more that are routines that lead to godliness. And by the way, going to church and worshiping is part of that. You say, well, I don't like my church. Well, go anyway or find you one. You don't have to like everything that's going on in the church, but you need time of fellowship with other believers. Otherwise, you'll just be like that old cold, dark ember that you can take the hottest coal and charcoal and log from the middle of a fire, and it can be red hot. But you take it away from the rest of the embers, and you set it aside, and it'll become cold and dark and smoking and good for nothing. But you can put it back in the middle of that fire and those coals and it'll get red hot again. Don't you want to be red hot instead of over there cold and dark and smoking and stinking and just becoming a nuisance? No, you need to be hot in the middle of the fire. That's the way it is in the church of Jesus. God meant for us to assemble ourselves together. And so whether it's a season of COVID or whatever it is, let's stop living in fear and start living in obedience to God. Let's develop the rituals that lead to righteousness, habits that will help us to be godly. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.